Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. It's Tuesday. We're recording on a Tuesday, Jocelyn. We made it. We did it. (laughs) Even though I almost talked us right into your raid, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be straight to business this week, you guys. We're going to be like, bam, 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 points, points, points. Let's go. In and out in an hour. Yes. I'm doing the, like... The whooshy thing with my hands, like the the wiping my hands clean oh. motion. I'm like, <laughs> it's great audio. I'm doing the wave. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm doing like the the the, the like yeah, no, job no. is done. Everything's good. Yeah. Wipe your hands. Whatever. Well, <laughs> Nailed it. Yes, and you know it's funny you mentioned just getting right to the point. And and I was gonna, I was planning like yesterday. I was like, oh, how do I how do I make this fun? Uh, to talk about, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I had this whole skit plan where my phone was going to ring. I booked like Ben Schwartz on Cameo to do a little like, you know, oh, you got to talk about Sonic. Yeah, we're going to talk about Sonic, even if Jocelyn doesn't want us to talk about Sonic. But like, I felt like that was a lot of work. He was very expensive on Cameo. I don't even think he has a Cameo. So (laughs) I just decided, let's talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I went and saw it in theaters. And uh, we will agree that this will be the last time we talk about it until the third one or the Knuckles TV show or what have you. Um, but yeah. I fully expect you to continue like Rick rolling me with Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> now that you have a whole second movie to pull quotes from. Oh, man. Well, it's not out yet. When it comes out on DVD and I'm able to uh, pull clips from watching it. Um, I, I did not pull clips while I was in theater. I was, that would have been <laughs> illegal. Probably good. <laughs> and, uh, and also, uh, so I went and saw it with the kids and I forgot seeing a movie theaters, seeing a, a movie in theaters with, with kids, uh, my kids specifically was a, an experience all on its own. So like they have to be constantly fed snacks while we're watching this film like constantly and i think this is a story for dungeons and diapers that i will likely go into more detail on that podcast about that part of the experience but it was a it was a calculating move of like how many handfuls of popcorn can i have without running out of popcorn by the end of the film because if i run out of food we might have a riot on our hands Uh, (laughs) i don't know what it is like they just we're in a movie theater. They have to have snacks, and that's fine. Hey, that's why you go to the movies. Get some popcorn. Get some delicious treats. It's all good. It's part of the experience. Um, but they loved it. They loved Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It is definitely more of the first one. Jocelyn, you're probably not going to like it, um, <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, Jim Carrey is back as Robotnik, and once again, he's like my favorite part of the whole film. Uh, he is definitely been upgraded to be a more traditional robotnik he's got the the bald cap he's got the big mustache uh he hates sonic it's all there and well that's kind of where they where they kind of left off in the first one right was he was going full crazy yes yeah um that's that's for sure yeah so he's left on the mushroom planet and i thought for sure like there was going to be something to do with the Mushroom Planet. He was going to find Knuckles and convince him to to help him get back to Earth. And it like it kind of goes that route, but they have more fun with him on the Mushroom Planet and how he escapes it. Like you get more insight into like where his where his mind's at. Like they really go to a place of like they give you that whole uh, 
what's that movie with uh, castaway they give like the castaway robotnik uh like a 10 minute scene where he's just like chewing on scenery he's just alone with his thoughts and it's it's just jim carrey at jim carrey's best as as this you know slowly maddening robotnik uh because robotnik is not like this he's not he's he's a pretty crazy evil guy in all the sonic games like he's not well grounded let's say <laughs> i mean he yells at strange talking animals so i mean he, there's something going on there but um yeah no uh, they they introduced tails so tails was introduced at the end of the first one as well as sort of like a teaser and because of the way they introduced sonic like sonic and tails i think canonically are like have always been good friends but because of the way they introduced sonic in the first film he's he wouldn't know who tails it there'd be no room there and so we were wondering how that was going to work and it's a bit of a lame uh connection in that basically when sonic went supersonic uh tails with his gadgets was able to see the energy from across universes and and i guess he's been the reason he's sonic's biggest fan is because he's been like creeping on him the whole time with his gadgets like watching him live his life and uh they but they they move past that pretty quick um uh but that's the reason tails is such a big fan of sonic and and sonic's like cool i have a i have a super fan this is great and uh and they're best of friends uh after that there's like a dance off uh there's chili dogs he pretends to be batman that's in the trailers so like there's just there's just a lot of fun going on here with this film and and they really it's again it's super cheesy there's a lot of cheesy moments uh, i'm not going to say like it's perfect filmmaking but from a video game standpoint i think it's a really good adaptation of what is sonic a great video game i've been having this conversation a lot lately like oh, are there good sonic games outside of like the original 2d ones that were and still are pretty good you know like sonic the hedgehog 2 is probably one of the best sonic games that was ever released right just i like the 3d ones aren't great right i don't know like have you played many of the sonic games no no i'm okay. like are, are you asking me for my personal opinion because yes. like yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> i think i played like and i can't even remember which one it was definitely one of the 2d ones yeah uh but it was the kind of thing i remember like renting for a weekend like so played it for a day or two like mm. <laughs> i don't have i don't have really big sonic feels or memories or nostalgia or anything else which like is probably part of why I didn't let, well, I don't know. Like the, so the first movie for me, and I know this is like beating a dead horse, but um, <laughs> the first movie for me, just like, it just wasn't a great like movie. It wasn't written well. <laughs> and so like it did have like the obvious stuff from the video games, which like is always a really difficult balance, I think. And like, I, I mean, I just watched the the Resident Evil one and um, obviously the Warcraft one springs to mind. But like some of them just don't do it well. Some of them are really weird where it's like, OK, this works in a video game because you have to solve a puzzle. And it's just kind of accepted that in a video game, the world and the timeline revolves around you. And they can say, oh, my God, this thing is happening. But then you're stuck in a room with a puzzle And most of the time, there isn't an actual timer. (laughs) So, like, it just, it works in that setting. But then you put it in a movie, 
And it's just like, okay, this just is weird and doesn't work. And I felt like there was some moments like that in in Sonic too. Um, and uh, sorry, in Sonic as well. <laughs> I need to remember there's two Sonic movies now. So <laughs> need yeah. to be clear. <laughs> we live in that world, which is weird. Yeah. And like, and there were some some good performances. Like I do think Jim Carrey did a really good job, but there were so many cringy moments. And that I really feel like you liked it because, you you know, it's a really cool movie for you to watch with your kids. Mm -hmm. So you're watching it through a different lens, in my opinion, <laughs> because I feel like it's it's a kid's movie, which is yeah. fine. It's just that, like, it wasn't a for-me movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it falls in line, I think, similar to, like, Detective Pikachu, uh, where... I think See, I liked that one. <laughs> and I think that one plays that one definitely plays a little bit older and is a more all ages film, but it still comes down to you you have to know of Pokemon and probably like Pokemon to to dig Detective Pikachu. Like there is still that connection, I I mm -hmm. think. But but they do go that extra mile to really make all those Pokemon look realistic, bring them into the world. They're not doing this with Sonic the Hedgehog and and you know thank the gods we saw when they tried to do that and it was like yeah. very scary um and they, but they rolled it back they made it more cartoony and made sonic look more like he would if you just ripped him out of the video games and, and put him in this world and again like i think that's the right call because you're right it is i think it is a kid's movie and but that's what sonic has always been it um you look at the tv shows you look at the comics that's they're geared towards kids and that's fine. That doesn't mean like, you know, people who grew up with Sonic who are now adults can, can enjoy it. And, and I've, I really enjoyed the film, but you're right. There are like some real cringy moments. This one has that. Um, <laughs> there's like, I mean, can you spoil a Sonic film? Like there's a whole wedding bit that like is very, <laughs> very cheesy and cringy. <sighs> Um, and like even just the fact that you said there's a wedding in Sonic 2 makes me yeah. throw up in my mouth a little, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll tell you off air and you'll be like, yeah, you're right. That is that is super cringy. But like, th th like uh, a great example from the first one that is brought forward into the next one that is really not needed. Like you can tell the story without having these the weird army guy giving you an Olive Garden gift card. Like they kind of take that bit and run with it in the second one. Where it's like the army, the United States army is like making jokes about Olive Garden and giving gift cards and like, we'll meet at the Olive Garden, we'll discuss this and, you know, secret agencies and, and, and whatnot. But like when they're doing the more, the more, um, car like when they're doing the cartoonish stuff, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And because you're right, I'm, I'm there enjoying it with the kids, I'm turning my brain off and I'm just watching a Sonic film. I ignore that stuff because it's like th that just comes with the territory of like watching a Sonic film. But like when Sonic's doing his stuff and, and Tails is doing his stuff and and, uh, and Knuckles is oh, we haven't been talking about Knuckles. Knuckles is fantastic. Um, Idris Elba knocks it out of the park as Knuckles. Uh, I guess he's a big gamer, too, and he was super excited to play Knuckles. I, I did not know that. Um, so that was really fun to read about. But uh, yeah, like they're all really great. The the characters um, uh, all translate really well. There there is always this weird thing, and I we still haven't perfected it. But the interactions between CG characters and and real actors can sometimes it's super difficult to do. And 
it was not it was noticeable in the first one it's noticeable in this one and i just i don't know how we get to that point where it's not noticeable anymore you know cuz everything else is fine when they're not interacting it's like i believe that that like in watching this film i believe that that sonic is there interacting with with the scene but anytime he has to like hug someone or give them a high five it just kind of looks off you know mm-hmm. um i remember like childhood memories like the garfield the first garfield movie that came out with with bill murray voicing it like whenever they pick up the cat it just looked like you're carrying an awkward pillow like it just really looked weird and we still haven't got to that point where they've uh they've nailed those interactions um and again i know it's probably super difficult to do but i i I did notice that but again it's a as you said it was a movie i was enjoying with my kids so it we moved on pretty my my kids were just super stoked like there was moments in the film where they were literally like jumping out of their seat and cheering which is a fantastic thing to to experience because it is a theater full of kids like you're not going to get kicked out when your kids like cheering because Sonic saved the day yeah <laughs> so um but yeah they set up a third one there's another like cliffhanger that sets up a third one in a way that's like oh yeah that's that's a pretty good logical you know leap um yeah I really liked it. Uh, it's it's much. They play much closer to the games. They bring a lot more from the games into it. Like they they have that you know Team Sonic between Sonic and Tails. They have the classic like red biplane entrance uh, that's in the trailers. You know they have a lot more of Robotnik. Robotnik's you know army is less drones and more closer to what you would remember from. The Genesis games where he's got robots based on like bees and more like animal-like robots. And uh, and he really goes deeper into that robotnik, iconic look, not just in his costume, but also in his iconic, iconic, I, just the design of all his stuff, I guess. I, I'm trying to say iconic, I can't even say. Iconic? No, I don't know what oh. I'm trying to say. It's, it is close to Iconography? Yes, that's it. Iconography, <laughs> thank you. Uh, he goes much in, more deeper into that, and uh, again, like it's um, it's a really fun film. I I mean, I hesitate to say you should watch it, but I I think it, in my opinion, I think it's better than the first one because they lean harder into the video games and they introduce more Sonic characters, which allows Sonic to interact with people other than James Marston. Which I, I love James Marston, but it is fun seeing Sonic interact with other characters that are from yeah. the Sonic universe, like. Yeah, like there are moments like essentially James Martin is like Sonic's dad now. <laughs> so <laughs> there are like these, you know, very like family moments where he's, you know, uh, he's he's very much being dad James Marston. And, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, it it is a little different. You know, not many people have a a, a Sonic the Hedgehog son. So uh, but it's it's good. It's 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 a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And the kids enjoyed it too. They were talking about it all weekend long. And um, they, as soon as we left the theater, they asked like, oh, so can we watch it at home now? And I'm like, oh, sorry, buddy. Like the pandemic, it, well, I, was, I didn't say the pandemic is over. <laughs> it's not, but uh, it is for movie theater. It is for, yeah, you know, moviegoers yeah. because technically now, like I remember at the start of the pandemic, you'd it'd come out in theaters, but you could also rent it at home. Um, mm-hmm. But I... <laughs> 
I but yeah, short. they're kind of moving away from that now, right? So yeah, so the the pandemic isn't over, but it is certainly over for uh, Hollywood executives because yeah. <laughs> um, now we have to wait forty five days. Sorry, buddy, he didn't understand that. Uh, he's yeah. not too fond uh. of it. So um, I just said like, don't worry, it'll be over before you know it, and uh, we can watch the original Sonic film if you want. <laughs> Please, please what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, I definitely don't want to go out to the theater again to see it. I'm glad we saw it. It was really weird. We saw it opening day. Like, I can't remember the last time I did that for a film. Like, I'm, I'm usually content to wait. But um, it was a PA day. The kids had it off. And, and I was I was off that day. So I was like, you know what? We're going to go to the movie theaters. Like, Isabel's in daycare. Let's just go. You know, let's go to the theaters. So we had a great time. And, uh, and. And they're, they're really, they, I mean, I, I think Sonic has always um, played well for kids, uh, not necessarily the games. The games are too complex for them Yeah. Um, past the first level. Like the first level you can hold right and the B button down <laughs> and you're good. Jump a couple times. And you just times. go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like the, the movies, the TV shows, the comics, they've always played to the younger audience and, and uh, it worked quite well. So, like, I think the movie works really well for, you know, kids and stuff. And uh, and I think the TV show coming, like, I was worried Knuckles was, like, was going to be more of, like, a, a brutish character. And he, and he certainly, like, he throws punches throughout the film. Like, he, he is the villain throughout most of the film. Um, but he does have, he's got, like, I'm trying to think of another character. You know what he kind of reminds me of? He's, he kind of reminds me of, uh, like, Catalo before uh before he he joins your side like he's just a he he plays by his rules like he's a very rough character he wants nothing to do with you but then you befriend him and 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 all's well so i'm not trying to use horizon to get you to go watch sonic but... <laughs> yeah no even that won't work <laughs> i mean i'm sure i'll watch it at some point i'm sure that i will um probably yeah not at the, not in the theater but no you know. don't go to theaters because uh i i really really do enjoy doing this show and I'm, I'm not sitting here saying you should go see it in theaters um i don't think this isn't survive. gonna be road to halo again <laughs> no, no 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 you it as a movie if you got like a couple hours throw it on the background i think it works a lot better as like a, a more video game movie because there is more sonic to go around in this one but uh yeah like it, it it by no means does it take the first one and completely change the formula like it's still got a lot yeah, of that campy yeah video gameness to it um that is there's more present i think in the 3d games like post dreamcast um but they pull a lot more video game references from the from the genesis days so it works quite well so yeah, yeah. well i'm glad that you enjoyed it i yes so am i because uh it was a lot it was a lot of work to go to the theaters <laughs> and i'm glad we did but um yeah yeah everyone enjoyed it it was a lot of fun good uh, I really don't know how to segue into Ghostwire Tokyo because I feel like it couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, let's just talk. I'm excited about this one because I have not looked at this one. I've I've it's completely off my radar. So I'm curious. Yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, I want to say um, I'm not very far into it. I've only played uh, because I was having so much fun in Tiny Tina. Um, I've only played a couple of hours so far. Um, and, and it's, so I, I basically like I played it and then I turned it off cause I played it like after work today so that I had a, more to talk about on the show today. And like, I turned the game off right before we came down to record and 
I was at like 10% completion. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I looked it up and apparently it's actually a pretty small, pretty short game. Um, and like, cause I, th- I felt like I was getting achievements like every time I turned a corner. So yeah, it's, it's, it did not review well. I'll put it that way. So um, a lot of the reviews for this game are in the like seven, seven and a half range, which like basically that's where video game reviews start. Let's be honest. (laughs) It's like a seven out of 10 or higher. So it's like at the bottom of video game review scores, Uh, which is kind of unfortunate, I think, because it has some like, and I don't even necessarily want to call them issues, but like, I went into this thinking it was going to be like a creepy, spooky horror game. And it's very much not. It's very much an action game, which like I the reason that it was so hard for me to get into Ghostwire Tokyo is because pretty much like the first real scene that you have to like play through is you have to try to find your sister in the hospital and hospitals are just creepy in general. And then the whole like point of Ghostwire Tokyo is basically there's this like weird fog which has killed everyone in this uh, like neighborhood in Tokyo. And uh, so everything is like uh, uh, just abandoned. It's it's very rapture-like, like all the clothes are left on the ground and stuff. Um, and, and you also then have all of these like... Um, they're not the the ghosts of the people who have like disappeared. You can find those like in clumps and you can like basically absorb those souls and then send them back to like the real world, basically, um, which like <laughs> I kind of want to know what that looks like on the other side, because like you're in the afterlife and you're collecting these souls and then you're sending them back to like real life and i'm like does that mean there's just a whole like fifty thousand bodies laying on the ground and then all of a sudden some of them are getting back up as i'm sending these souls back like what the hell is happening so i mean it's kind of a weird premise to begin with but um when you're going through the hospital it's like you're um you encounter these ghosts and there's a a few different types and they're all and again i don't know anything about japanese like folklore or anything like that Um, But there are like there's good ghosts and bad ghosts that you kind of encounter. Maybe I should be saying spirits. Um, And they're all from like Japanese folklore. And they all have like names, (laughs) of course, I've never heard of. And there's also um, the whole game is narrated in Japanese and it has English subtitles. But that also means that like I really super have to concentrate and read all the subtitles (laughs) because if you miss something, (laughs) then it's like, well, I didn't even hear it. Like, I have no idea what they just were talking about. Um, so you really have to pay attention, which means I really have to be in the mood for it because, like, I have to sit there and read the whole time. But I do like the fact that it is done in Japanese. Like, it really um, adds to the atmosphere, I guess. But as soon as you leave the hospital, which does have, like, um, it's a tutorial, basically. So it, like, introduces you to the combat. But then also... Um, There's a lot of atmospheric things. There's like jump scares as like you're walking down a hall. And it's the kind of thing when like you turn one way and everything looks one way and then you look back again and everything's changed. Like it's it's those kind of scares. Mm, Okay. Which I find really creepy. Like it's always like I prefer my horror like more psychological. 
So I would rather see like stuff like that that's going to mess with my brain than like some super gory blah something monster, right? Uh, it's one of the reasons why I tend to like ghost stories over like zombies, for instance. But um, yeah, like they really kind of abandon that atmosphere once you get out into the main game. And then it basically just turns into an action game. So you're like going up against the same kind of spirits that you saw in the hospital. I think so far I fought, I think, three different kinds. So there's like the Slender Man looking guys that carry umbrellas. There's um, like headless schoolgirls. And then there's like other kind of schoolgirl looking kind of characters, but they have different attacks and they have their heads. <laughs> so like and it hasn't been like that creep factor isn't really there, which is unfortunate. It's a fine action game and it is beautiful. Like you can tell like whoever made this game has an understanding and love of Tokyo like I've never been there, but it looks like every image or movie I've ever seen, like in Tokyo. So, I mean, it just, it's just missing the like claustrophobia and the um, atmosphere of that early hospital level in the rest of the game, which is a little bit disappointing because I wanted a super creepy Japanese ghost story. Like, not necessarily just a, a finger guns action game. Cause that's the other thing is you, um, it's it's kind of a mixture so you get a bow pretty early on um but otherwise you're like kind of like casting spells basically so you've got like um wind powers and fire powers and i think eventually i get water as well um so it's very elemental based and uh so you kind of can cycle between that and your bow and arrow depending on you know like you need um i think it's called ether in order to cast your powers and you need arrows in order to shoot your bow so there's like resources you have to gather as well like it's just it's super action gamey it has the same sort of skill tree as everything else you've ever played um like it doesn't necessarily feel like there's a whole lot of new things in this game and so it's yeah it's not really it's not blowing anyone's mind <laughs> other than like i said the visuals like there's even so when it's raining like the raindrops aren't even like actual raindrops they're like light blue shimmery like japanese characters that spell rain like it's really cool and you don't like you don't even really notice it and, unless you look for it like it looks like rain and then you look and you're like oh, wait a minute that's like that's writing like that's a word <laughs> like it's really really pretty it's really well done it's obviously a next gen game. There's lots of particle effects and you know, I love me some glitter. So like, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I was in the mood for a really creepy Japanese horror game and I got a, an, a Slender Man action game, <laughs> which was, you know, just, just not what I was looking for. That doesn't mean it's a bad game. I'm still going to play through it. Um, the story is kind of neat. Um, I don't want to give like too much away. But there's basically like the guy in the, I think, is it Hanya mask um, that you've seen like in all of the like trailers and promotional material and all that kind of stuff. Like he's the main antagonist and 
you come up against him really early in the story and like it's kind of tropey in that way where he's like this is the my my plan and you'll never stop me <laughs> like evil guy at the beginning thing and then he runs away um and you encounter him and then like three other hanya mask wearing um not apprentices accomplices maybe lieutenants you know it gave me that kind of vibe and i'm like I really feel like I'm probably going to have to fight these three guys before eventually being powerful enough to take the main guy on. Um, and yeah, so, but like the whole thing is basically based around the idea that like you died in a car crash right before the big like vanishing. And there was this other spirit that was in the area when you died in the car crash that was looking for a body. So basically, like, you meld with this other spirit at that point in time, and that makes you this, like, half-human, half-ghost hybrid thing. So you're unaffected by the great vanishing, but you can also, like, interact with the the spirit world, even though you still have, like, your human body. So... It's like it's a kind of a cool like setup. And so it's always like you are talking to the ghost in your head the whole time. And that's why you have these crazy powers is because the ghost like the spirit took you over. So you have all these spirit powers. So like it's it's a lot of cool concepts, but a lot of tropey stuff. And yeah, and you have to be in the mood for it because, again, it's voice in Japanese, which helps with the atmosphere. But, you know, you have to read a lot of subtitles. Hmm. I didn't realize it was uh it was voiced in Japanese because it's interesting. They, I know it's a, I know it's a Japanese developer, um, but it, uh, if you look at Ghostwire or not Ghostwire, this is Ghostwire, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is developed in the West but is um, based heavily on um, Japanese history. Like they do, they did both. They had the English track, and then they 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 obviously had a, a Japanese track as well. Um, well, and I will say, like, I haven't actually tried, like, dove into a lot of the settings and tried to, like, find, like, the a change. Because basically, when I was in the hospital, I really liked the Japanese voiceover because, again, it added to the atmosphere. It creeped me out. And I was like, I'm never changing this. And then I play and it only takes about, I don't know, maybe, like, if you weren't a giant wuss like I was, you could go through the hospital in probably 20 minutes. I think it probably took me 35 to 40 minutes because I was being a giant wuss and, like, going around basically, like, with my back to the wall, like, all the way down every single hall. Um, so it took me a while to kind of work my way through because the hospital was really creepy. Um, and then so I had that um, Japanese voice over in the hospital again because it, it added to the atmosphere. And then as soon as I got outside i was like well you know like i might as well keep it but then after i had you know sat down for a three-hour play session i was like oh, okay i'm a little bit tired of reading now <laughs> <laughs> so like i feel like it wore me out of the game faster um but i didn't yeah i didn't actually look and see if there's a setting so i've been saying it's japanese voiceover but there might be an english option i mean i, I totally understand you know wanting to to play it and it's in it's um it's original language, right? Like it, it is, they probably, well, especially uh, when you see like the translations, like the subtitles and sometimes you read them and you're just like, that sounded super cool in Japanese, <laughs> but then the English translation is so corny and so bad. And you're just like, I feel like if that, if I actually spoke Japanese, this would not be nearly as cringy, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you can tell just from the, like, um, 
uh, what do you call it? The, like the tone of their voice or whatever intonation, mm -hmm. the changes in the tone in their voices when they're speaking, like what parts are supposed to be emphasized and what aren't and things. And it doesn't always match up again with the subtitles and the translation. So yeah, like <laughs> some of it's just so cringy. Yeah. So I was looking it up and uh, there is English voice acting, but it does default to Japanese and you can oh, change okay. it at the title menu. So you can't do it in game. You have to do oh, it. Oh, uh, OK. OK. Yeah. So there is that option. And I mean, like, it's really cool that they default to Japanese with English subtitles. Like, I think that's a really um, that's the best approach, I think, with with a game like this that is, you know, developed in Japan, set in Japan makes perfect sense for uh well, that's how we yeah. watched um squid game too is like with the native voiceover but then the um yeah. english subtitles yeah a lot of people are saying that was the way to do it and uh, yeah makes sense i i think it it really worked for for that show um and and could work for this game i, I mean for me for this game i think the bethesda playstation deal immediately had me think like okay I'm I'm fine to wait. Like there's so many games coming out. Same thing with Deathloop. I was fine to wait, even though Deathloop was getting like nines and tens and game of the years and all that. And I'm like, this is gonna come to Game Pass. It's it's honestly why I thought um, there was an April Fool's joke that uh, that was like a Game Pass reveal, and it was a bunch of PlayStation games. But I <laughs> my, my brain immediately went to Deathloop, and I'm like, oh wow, great! It's finally coming to Game. Oh, right. <laughs> And then I look at the other games as like Horizon and and that Astro's Playroom, and I'm like, oh my god, I there's always one that gets me, and I always feel <laughs> foolish. I have no problem admitting it. I hate it. April Fool's so I, much. It's the worst. Um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 not great. But like that joke, it did get me because of the Deathloop artwork. Um, I'm I'm fine to wait for this to come to Game Pass. I I do want to check it out, and I mean, the thing is, like, I'm not big on on horror games but it sounds like this one is more of a mix more similar to would you say like resident evil village that went more like action as opposed to just straight up horror i would say yeah that's actually probably a really good i mean um resident evil village still had some horror elements and i mean so basically this game makes me forget that i'm in like the spirit realm which isn't great for the kind of game I was in the mood for that doesn't make it bad. <laughs> and and some of the enemies that attack you are very scary when they're doing their attacks. Um, but I mean, like you see them coming. It's not like jump scary or anything like that. It's just like um, when she like comes out of the TV and stuff and then she kind of like flickers and she's close to you all of a sudden. Yeah. It's almost like stuff like they, they move like that, like, oh. you know, like they're kind of slow and then all of a sudden they're like fast and and that can be a little bit like scary. But again, there's I've only encountered three types of enemies so far or sorry, I guess four types of enemies so far. And um Two of them have attacked me from range, which is not very scary. And then um, two of them are have attacked me in melee. But they're I know all of their moves now. Like it's a very small enemy pool to draw from, I guess. Um, so it get that like it doesn't get old very quickly, but it like loses its spook factor very quickly. And then they just become like any other enemy in any other game that you play. Um, which is which is again kind of unfortunate, but but I'm saying all of this because I was looking specifically for a spooky horror game, and th if that's what you're looking for, that's not this. 
this is an action game. This is like a you shoot fireballs at your enemies and things explode. And yeah, it's it's a combat game. And the combat's not bad. Um, I've seen a lot of people that are kind of complaining about the combat, but I I think it's fine. Like it's super simplistic off the start, and I only just got the ability to shoot fire. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I think it's I think it's fine. <laughs> and, and you know, you can um like shoot and damage your enemies to a certain point, and then you can either kill them or you can kind of like use these like whips of light and like pull out their core and and destroy them that way. And that gives you bonus XP if you can manage to do that because it's interruptible by enemies. So you have to kind of like time it right and stuff. And, you know, like there there are a lot of um, like intricacies to the combat there. And and obviously, depending on how many different enemies you pull and stuff like that, that changes and and what kind of different enemies are in each group changes what you're going to do. So, I mean, there are some some bits, but I will say the one thing about this game and I I might actually have to go into my sound settings and figure out like if it's like atmosphere or, you know, um, sound effects or something. There's got to be a setting because there are you have the ability because like I said, there's like good spirits and bad spirits. So there's like helpful ones and then there's enemies. And so the helpful ones, there's these guys that are kind of like I can't remember what they're called, but they're um, almost like living gargoyles. They're like um, they have wings and they're up at the top of buildings and you can target them and grapple to them. And then and then you're up on on the roofs of the excuse me, skyscrapers in Tokyo, which is really cool. But oh, my God, you can hear them from everywhere and they are so annoying them and the crows. There's like big flocks of crows overhead all the time. And they never shut up. And I'm like, to the point that I almost feel like it's a bug. Like, there's no way that that can be working as intended. Because the ghosts sound, they're like, Like, it's such an annoying sound. And then you've got crows on top of that. And I'm like, there's no way anyone play tested this and went, yes, that is the experience we're going for. So I feel like I have like one kind of sound turned up too high or my game is bugged because that can't be working as intended. (laughs) Wow. But that's my only like really big actual like game breaking gripe right now is that freaking those sounds of the things above my head drive me nuts. (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a game that, as you said, like has great style. Uh, um, it sounds like when it rains, it doesn't like land on your screen or else you would have you would have mentioned that as, as another negative. <laughs> yeah, no, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it, it sounds really cool. I mean, like that was the biggest thing for me is um, even if it wasn't my style of, of game, like just the atmosphere it was portraying in those trailers just absolutely looks so unique to any other game that was coming out uh, or has come out. And I think that's always the best part um, of video games in general is that when something just comes out that is, that is different is unique. And I think horizon does that uh, really well. And that like, it takes, Oh, it's a, it's another post post. Oh, it's a post post apocalyptic game. Like it's how many posts is it? It's three or four. <laughs> um, and, uh, but no, it does things differently with, you know, machines and, and, and uh, just, just the way that it dresses up world, the world. building. And yeah. yeah. And, and I think from the trailers, I think that's, that's what I see with Ghostwire Tokyo as well. Um, it felt like it did kind of come out and, and that's about it. Like it, it released and it didn't really latch on. 
um, to the conversation, but. So, I mean, like around the time that, so Ghostwire Tokyo came out the same day as Kirby and Tiny Tina's and Horizon was a few weeks before that. And right after Horizon was Elden Ring. So it kind of came out in a very, um, like busy time. <laughs> it was a pretty saturated market at that point in time. So I think this was on a lot of people's I'll see how the reviews are and maybe check it out when it goes on sale lists. Um, and I and I think that it's worth a look if what you're looking for is a lot of really cool Japanese culture and an action game. It's basically a magical shooter. <laughs> Kind of like a concept instead of a gun, you use your fingers like a gun. But <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, though. Like, I do think it's it's worth checking out. Um, and if you were worried it was a horror, like I know you were, Ryan, I wouldn't worry. <laughs> there's there's some jumpy bits, but they're mostly in the hospital. And then it kind of opens up like like Village did. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. I'm and that that's what I want to hear. Like, I, I, I didn't. I've certainly played horror games. I think Resident Evil 2, the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake were more um, action. Well, but you like zombie stuff. You don't necessarily like ghost stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not a big, I'm not a big ghost person. Like Ghostbusters is kind of my, my ghost stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, that's your limits. <laughs> if it's not slime or eating an entire wedding cake, you just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yes, it's, it's. It's like when Jurassic Park came back and it's like, I'm really into dinosaurs. And then you go watch the new Jurassic Park. It's like, I forgot how much people eating. This is pretty violent. Yeah. I thought it was just going to be dinosaurs. so much death. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh. But it's the same. It's the same thing with like, uh, I don't think they've made like, I know they've made like dinosaur horror films uh, and and they're probably all really bad. But uh, yeah, with ghosts, um, like Ghostbusters is my bar uh, in terms of like, seeking it out i've seen the ring i think based on um the like just the the phenomenon at the time uh where it's like well everyone's talking about it. i guess we have to watch this this uh this movie um like it wasn't and it was the it was the was it a remake or was it i can't remember it wasn't the original yeah, was it, yeah no the original is called ringu it's japanese okay yeah so it was the it was the remake um yeah that that everyone i think that everyone was talking it was the about. western yeah the western remake yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean when this game similar to Deathloop, when it comes to game pass i will check it out um i i know like for those that really love these games uh like death loop and ghostwire to check it out day one that's the way to do it i'm absolutely not saying everyone needs to wait but i think for me just based on there's been so many other games coming out and mm-hmm. not really i'm not really into like looking at like I need to play every shooter first person experience that comes out. I actually much more prefer the third person sort of um, style of gameplay. Yeah, me too. I think um, I'm in the same boat. I'm not usually a first person lover, which is kind of funny given how much I raved about Tiny Tina last week. But um, yeah, I'm not normally a first person kind of player. But uh, I do think that if this was a third person game, then I mean, the creep factor would be entirely gone. So there is definitely something um, being first person and and kind of being right down in it that is a little bit creepier. But yeah, it's still it, I wouldn't call it a horror game by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, if, if any of that sounds interesting to you, I, I would I can recommend it. Like like I said, it's really pretty and I think the combat's fine. So um, it's it's an interesting story, too. So, I mean, I'm not that far into it, but it's I think only like 10, maybe 15 hours long. So 
it's not nearly as big as as a lot of the other stuff we've been playing lately, which also might be a selling point for some people. So yeah, if you're interested, go check out Ghostwire Tokyo or absolutely wait. It's not the kind of thing that you absolutely have to play right now. Like it's a cool experience. I'll, I'll say that. If you guys enjoy what we're doing here at The Gamers Inn, head on over to patreon.com slash The Gamers Inn like our April patron Will G did. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, that's going to bring us to the news section. And uh, this is this is kind of a weird one. This is one of those stories that I saw and then I was like, is this secretly April Fool's? But it kind of feels like everybody's trying to like stake their claim and like partner up if not actually buy out like i feel like the buyouts might have slowed down a little bit but now we're seeing these crazy partnerships so sony and epic so and lego so it's, yeah. it's all three of them yeah so it's all three um but yeah so sony and lego are investing and now okay i saw a billion dollars was that from lego alone uh, or no, is sony. that sony and oh that's sony okay so sony is investing a billion dollars in epic Lego is also in on that investment train and they're doing it to gain a foothold in the metaverse, which again, oh man, like I don't, I don't want meta to become a thing. Do people <laughs> like, so this is obvious, this is separate from Facebook. So it's separate from Meta's yes, yeah, thing, yeah. but it's like the idea, I, I still don't really understand it, but my, my understanding of the metaverse is basically the idea of Fortnite being this like neutral ground where everything can exist, you know, um, like uncharted, well, everything but Nintendo. Cause Nintendo still hasn't bought into <laughs> they, they, and they don't need, and I don't expect them to either. You know, Nintendo is like, what's, I think there's even a quote out there where they're like, we're not interested in the metaverse. I think that's like a, a direct quote from, uh, Miyamoto. It's just like, ah, whatever they, they can play over there and we're going to play over here. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't understand what makes the metaverse like worth billions of dollars. I, I, I'm not sure I understand it. So, so this is what I find a little bit confusing because when I've heard like larger conversations, mostly driven by Facebook with their creation of, you know, calling themselves meta and making their metaverse this whole like virtual reality space or whatever, like very ready player one-esque is kind of where I, or like the parallel that I draw there, I guess, is like they want everyone doing everything in their virtual worlds. And so the reason why like video game companies are in such high esteem and, and um, demand right now is because those are the companies that have been creating virtual worlds for years and years and years and years now, like 20, 30 years at this point. That's what they've made their money doing is creating virtual worlds that we go to play in. And so who better to help create a virtual world and playground where, you know, you're going to go and do stuff in like some of it might be day to day stuff, but then other stuff will be like, hey, build a fancy virtual house you know who'd probably be really good at that maxis if ea didn't murder them like <laughs> those are the kind of like companies that these other companies these social media companies like facebook want to invest in because they're going to help them create virtual worlds that people want to spend time in so i get why video game companies are in demand now, I think Epic is kind of doing the same sort of thing, except where Facebook is trying to focus on 
creating a space that's more along the lines of like social media and shopping. I think Epic is making something that's more along the lines of gaming and wanting to bring all gamers together into one space to play Fortnite, which I have no interest in. (laughs) But like, you know, they're, they're trying to be a virtual open, well, not open, but a, a virtual platform that appeals to everyone. Put it that way, I guess. But with that being said, I don't, I'm with you, Ryan. I don't understand how Sony gaining access to that and having their characters like in Epic's universe and same with Lego. I don't understand why that's worth a billion dollars. Like, even if you had to, like, even if you bought a Lego Batman skin, like, how many people would have to buy that to make your money back? <laughs> like, forget even making money on it. Like, I just, I don't know. It seems insane. Like, a billion dollars. That's too many dollars. That's too many dollars. Because to me, this almost sounds like a licensing deal, except for instead of Epic paying people for their licenses to use in Fortnite. Like Fortnite's gotten so popular that now people are paying Epic for the privilege of being in their world. Like what? <laughs> this seems like cuckoo crazy backwards bananas, Ryan. It's certainly so it's I mean, uh, it's for me is I look at this and I like I understand why large video game companies are throwing money at Epic, because as you said, Fortnite is is very big. And I and I think what Epic is trying to do is take Fortnite. And I'm like you, Jocelyn, I have no interest in playing Fortnite I see the the um, the unique uh, characters that they're adding from other. I, I think every time they adapt like a, a property into their game, it looks superb. They have a great art style mm-hmm. that can kind of pull anything in. You know, I thought, oh, there's no way they're gonna make um, Uncharted look interesting in in that world, and they do. It, all the Uncharted characters look fantastic. Tom Holland, uh, the video game uh, Uncharted nathan drake you know it all looks great and i mean there's like three versions of tom holland in Fortnite now you can get like the spider-man and the uncharted so i guess there's only two but like (laughs) it's it is interesting in the sense of like i even though i have no interest in playing Fortnite, i would be fine to download and install and jump into Fortnite for like what they're talking about with the metaverse of like you know having interactive events stuff like that but my biggest thing, and it goes back to VR as well, and you know what Meta is doing with with Oculus. Anytime you jump into these huge worlds, same with social media, the moderation tools, the the way that they can um, not control, but the way that they moderate those environments, it's just not there, and they don't mm-hmm. do the work to get it there. I personally, every time I've gone into these like open, oh, it's like where everyone can come and and meet. And it's like, it's like Second Life did this. Again, there were no moderation and it just ended up being noise and really annoying, creepy, sometimes predatory noise. And it's just really like not what I, I remember like we were playing PUBG for the first time or it might've even been Fortnite. And I, it was my first time and I'm like, oh my God, everyone's talking. There's like a hundred people in this plane and it's all, it's just terrible. I'm like, oh yeah, you got to mute that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. We we should but mute But why it. does it exist? <laughs> exactly. And basically what they're describing is like, we want to build a billions of dollars worth of metaverse that is just that. And that's supposed to be, again, I don't, I sound like an old that's person. That's supposed to be a selling point. Yeah, no. And, and like, 
I think the reason why people like you and I are so against it is because we experienced it in Second Life or PUBG or anywhere else that's had an open voice chat. It's garbage. Mm -hmm. Like, no one, do you remember like the, oh, what was it called? Google, uh, it was the Google, uh, Google Hangouts, Google yeah. Hangouts. And God forbid you had a public one because oh. you'd have a dick in your chat in literally 30 seconds. I don't understand what is wrong with men that they feel like everyone on the internet to the point that you drop into strangers' chat rooms and just whip your dick out. I don't understand. But that happened in Hangouts all the time. And, like, it was just absolutely ridiculous. So, get it? Ridiculous? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> but, it, it, it uh, is so true. Like, we've we've had those experiences with live, unmoderated public chats and it's bad. Mm -hmm. And so I think like we come from a place of experience and it's not like a girl, our new technology, get off my lawn, fist shaking moment. It's like we've done this before and it didn't work well. And the problem with voice chat over like text chat and even then text chat moderation, we haven't even like figured out how to do that well yet either. Just take a look at like Twitch chat or YouTube chat when there's a live stream mm -hmm. again. It's garbage. <laughs> it's, so, it's noise. Like, I mean, yeah. working in social media, if you have a platform over a certain amount of followers, like your Instagram comments become garbage. Like you have the same yeah. spam coming in. And I'm th saying like, we get comments saying like, well, why aren't you dealing with this spam? I was like, me? They're posting <laughs> the same thing. If anything, Meta should be blocking these clearly predictable scripts that are just posting yeah. the same thing over and over again and i mean the metaverse sounds cool if it's like a controlled but if it's voice chat like voice chat is so much harder to moderate than like text chat right and like mm -hmm. i was saying they still haven't figured out how to do text chat and like you were saying internet comments and everything else like we still haven't even figured that out so how are we supposed to figure out how to moderate voice chat and not have people just screaming obscenities and like being whatever obic <laughs> of, you know, like just completely, utterly horrible to other human beings? Like, how how are we supposed to do that? I don't know. I just I have no interest in it because of like the public factor. I don't want to be around other people. People suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think like. If it gets to a point where, uh, like Discord, I don't, I'm not in any public discords. Oh God. Yeah, no, <laughs> I only check like the ones for the show, like the ones for the communities, for the communities that I'm a part of. hundred um, percent. Yeah. I, I think that's where it's at. Like if we, and I know we will be able to, but like, that's not what Epic is targeting. That's not what Sony or, or Lego are looking at. They don't care about the small chat rooms that you and your friends mm -hmm. are going to have like private rooms. They are more interested in targeting the masses that are going to jump into like concert situation or a watch party or yeah. Yeah. Like it, I, I think that's what they're looking for is, is they want to, they want to go after the folks that are like tying into the band that has the special McDonald's meal that you can then tie into a specific skin in Fortnite, And it's like, it's all about those connections to drive sales and i mean for lego it makes perfect sense because mm -hmm. all of the ips that they're pulling into fortnite are lego sets marvel star wars even video games now um sony makes sense because sony is like microsoft they're going about this approach of like we don't want to build our own metaverse like sony tried that with playstation home and it just it 
it was the exact same thing as Second Life. You'd go in, you'd drop into this world, and you'd just be screamed at by <laughs> kids, adults, just people being, I don't, I honestly don't get it. I don't mm-hmm. understand why people do that, but it's in every one of those. Second Life, Home, um, I did a, we did a VR game, Croft and I were playing a VR game where you, in order to queue into the, to the games, you had to queue into an open world. And as soon as we dropped in, you'd have these people run up to you and be like, want to play a game? Want to play a game? Let's play a game. Oh, come on. Let's queue into the game. And this, Oh, here's a friend invite. And it's just like, whoa, this is too much. Like, not only am I trying to get my sea legs for VR, like, cause I'm moving around and I'm like first time in this game, but I've got people running up to me, like, like flicking cards and wanting me to play like table tennis like no okay like back <laughs> off it's just okay too much. now you're starting to sound a little bit like you're get off my lawny <laughs> i mean like once once you you're right once you've been in it it's just like you don't you don't want them to keep repeating the same mistakes i mean we'll 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 see where it goes but i don't i don't have faith that it's going to be anything but that again yeah yeah same and and the other thing is too, I mean, you you kind of nailed on the head there, and I'm not even sure if you kind of meant to, but talking about the tie-ins between Lego and Lego sets and toys, and you know, like um, having like special meals at whatever restaurants and things like that, like it's all a really big marketing tool. <laughs> and like, just don't, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, go upstairs, talk to your family, and cook dinner. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It just like it just it feels it just feels like um, the reason that it's worth billions of dollars is because they think they're going to be able to get billions of dollars back. Right. So like, just don't give it to them. (laughs) Like, don't sit down to watch a virtual concert with your McDonald's in hand and your like Lego set. Like, I don't even know. Like, it just I don't know. Like. They're trying to get you to spend money and they think that you're going to spend money to exist in that space. And I don't know. The whole thing just seems super duper scammy to me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Sony is not throwing a billion dollars at this because they feel like out of the kindness of their hearts, like they want that money back 10 times. Uh and Legos the same way. I mean, Legos probably not being, you know, they're not being shy about it. Like they are, I, the reason they still exist today is because of IPs that they adapt into their products. So it makes perfect sense. Which I totally understand when you're sitting there putting together an actual Lego set that either you're going to put together a bunch of different times. Like when we were kids, I think we built the freaking pirate ship 18 times. Like, you know, it, or if you're a collector, then you're going to like build it once and put it on display or something like there's some people who really, truly love Lego. And so for them to like bring in new IPs to make new Lego sets like that makes perfect sense. And it has like real world tangible things that you're buying for your money. But like, what do I do? Am I going to like buy a virtual Lego set and then sit there and put it together in virtual space and then just have nothing like that seems so dumb, Ryan. <laughs> it just seems so dumb. <laughs> I yeah, 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think there is some cool stuff. Which maybe this is a really funny conversation coming from gamers, right? Because we put things together in virtual space and don't have anything to show for it all the time. But like, for some reason, it makes my brain short circuit when I think about doing that with Legos, which is something I should have tangibly in front of me. <laughs> and I feel like all the fun of Lego is like the snap, right? Like the yes. feeling, the snap <laughs> when you put stuff together, you don't get the snap. And I mean, you might get a sound effect and I guess maybe your mitts will vibrate or something, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I have better uses for vibrating hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I was going to say an anecdote about uh, my kids putting Lego together, but we can end it there. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> uh. Sorry, I took it on such a tangent, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't understand um, virtualization of things that are fun because they're like available to you tangibly in the real world, yes. I guess. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't suspect again, like, I don't think that uh, Lego is looking to allow you to build Lego sets in, uh, in Fortnite. I, I, I really do think it is. It's a, as you said, a marketing tool. Um, they just want to slap Lego everywhere and yeah, like the, their logo and yeah, yeah. And and you're absolutely right. Like when when Fortnite started, it was it was all about this thing of like they were pulling, they were probably paying Marvel to put put characters. It wasn't Spider Man, but now it's the other way around. Like they're paying Epic to put it in there. It's because they have eyeballs. There's eyeballs yeah. in that game that are that are seeing these characters. They're buying tickets. It's all a big marketing cycle and you're absolutely right like you can enjoy fortnite you can have fun in fortnite you can buy your your spider-man costume um you can appreciate that they add all these extra features and stuff and they're constantly changing that world but at the end of the day like you are also engaging in a marketing uh scheme so uh and that's fine but just you gotta you gotta look at this and, and understand what it is like companies don't yeah. put billions into somebody else's company out of the kindness of their heart <laughs> yeah i i think that that's it it's just, it's just a new way to market and i don't necessarily see what's in it for me as a as a consumer outside of just like more ways to have ads thrown in my face which i don't love so i don't yeah. know we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens obviously um we're gonna get more information about this uh later on as we start to see what people are what epic is actually putting into their games and what kind of events we can attend and everything else but i don't think it's gonna be my jam and again i don't like vr anyways because it makes me sick so i'm also probably coming to this whole vr conversation and this whole metaverse conversation with you know like take my comments with a grain of salt because I can't put on a VR headset. It'll make me throw up. So <laughs> all of this stuff sucks for me specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I don't think this is specifically VR. Uh, I, I don't know if Epic, but it could be. Yeah, this I think they're they're talking about like within the Fortnite Epic space, right? Not the not the Facebook metaverse it's the the other metaverse and all of this just makes the conversation so much harder <laughs> it's all very confusing get off my lawn <laughs> i know we definitely i mean yeah we went places with this episode we started with sonic and now we've ended with uh 
old person enjoys kids movie old person does not enjoy fortnite i i I like fortnite i just i think like the whole metaverse thing like i really appreciate seeing in twitter like oh they've added dr strange that looks like dr strange i'm kind of excited to see that movie probably not gonna play fortnite because of it but yeah yeah Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. If you guys want to join the conversation and let us know what you think about the metaverse, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit us on the web over at gamersinpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying The Gamers In. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>